Hello and welcome back to the Vintage Podcast with me, Lena Norms. Now, Zowie Ashton has been acting since she was six. She's played so many different roles from cute little girl in inverted commas to assassin with attitude, also in inverted commas, Oscar Wilde characters to a St. Trinian's schoolgirl, and you might recognise her as Fresh Meat's VOD. And in her new book, Character Breakdown, Zowie scrolls through a version of her life. Or is it a version of her art? Today I'm sitting down with Zowie uh, to talk about the misinterpretation of Lady Macbeth, inventing your own life and ways to create your own typecasting. I'm very excited uh, for you to hear this chat. She's so intelligent and warm, so it's my great pleasure to introduce you to Zowie now. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you on the Vintage Podcast. My pleasure. Very <laughs> surreal to be here. Yeah. Do you have any favourite podcasts? Do you ever listen to podcasts? I've only just started getting into The Guilty Feminist. Oh, I love it. Which I'm really enjoying. I love Two Dope Queens. Yeah. Hilarious. They really do it for me. Yeah. Um, and their new show on HBO is also very funny. So you've been acting since you were about six. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, yeah. But now you're also not just acting, but you're, you've done some directing and writing. Um, what Do you think there was a point where you were like going through the acting process and being like, actually, I'd like to drive this? <laughs> <laughs> I think the lunatics are always going to want a run at the asylum. And I've butchered that <laughs> quote. But yeah. it's, it's something, I think it's something when you've been doing it for as long as I have, you mm. just start to wonder what the man behind the curtain is and you know the wizard's booming voice you think hold on a minute there's a kind of small pair of feet <laughs> underneath that curtain over there I'm just going to pull that back oh yeah. right it's just a very small man with a with a microphone good and so you're like I will take a chance of being the very small man yeah in the meantime I've gone off and you know killed witches and yeah got some ruby slippers or whatever but I think I, I think definitely also when you're a, a woman in, in this industry and have been doing it for as long as I have you are witnessing changes and you are witnessing stagnation. Um, mm. And when you see cycles of that repeating, you you sort of think, is there a way that I can be part of mm. um, the sewage system that keeps this moving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> moving Start forward. pouring your own like slightly better sludge down there. <laughs> Put some glitter in, in the pollution. But that's it. Mm. And um, I think starting as a child, you have a very different vantage point to a lot mm. of actors working. It's no longer glamorous to mm. me. It's not um, this pursuit of, um, I don't know, of self. Mm. It's not like the way I express my, you know, my own pain, or which I think it can be for a lot of younger actors. And mm. you know, even people I still went, even people I went to drama school with, are still on this very specific quest where I sort of stopped that quest when I was about yeah. probably about 18 19. start to be objective about it like live through the subjectivity super and be, objective yeah so writing this book must have been strange for you perhaps or maybe very easy but like having that kind of objective role as an author but then also yeah. writing yourself into it was that strange or it was really strange and I had been without the vocabulary vocabulary to express mm. it been wanting to become the object rather than the subject yeah. of my work. Mm-hmm. Is that making sense? Yeah. 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 And I had taken a long um, sabbatical, sort of forced, not forced sabbatical, but I was on hold to a, a, 
a TV show for a while mm -hmm. and the TV show didn't end up happening but in that year while I was sort of suspended in this kind of interesting limbo mm -hmm. it gave me a lot of time to think about the sacrifices I think that I've made as someone who's pursued the arts for this long and mm -hmm. um, it definitely made me think about how much more I was willing to sacrifice but I hadn't I hadn't found the words for that mm. I hadn't found the structure for those thoughts so writing the book was great but really hard because I was turning a lot of things that were just pure instinct yeah with no sound mm. into um into something that you know had to have a, a shape and yeah. Um, have people understand have it. limits. Yeah. <laughs> and cutting a lot out. Because I suppose when you're trying to cover a whole life, you're like, we've got to scrap a lot of this. I should have um, just sort of done an interpretive dance piece. Yeah, I mean. That had a limited run, maybe. I, I think that could maybe accompany the book. Perhaps that's the launch idea. You're absolutely right. I'm going to go and buy <laughs> an all-in-one leotard very, very shortly. Um, the book, also, I love the structure of it because it's so almost like show, don't tell in the fact that you're having these conversations in a, in a script-like format. It's really cool and like I just I just really love that. What made you have that as a choice or potentially because you're so familiar with scripts? Is that what you automatically went to? It was, it, it, it was inspired by moments and interactions and relationships that had suddenly become very hyper-real in my life. Not mm. so long ago, actually. I was suffering from, well, the name of the book, a mm. bit of a character breakdown, to be yeah. honest. I think I had a, a quite um, acute burnout, to be honest. And lots mm. of, you know, that's not new. Lots of people, lots yeah. of artists, lots of self-employed people generally suffer from, mm. <laughs> suffer from burnout at some point. But um, I hope uh, some people will identify when I say that moments can become hyper-real when you're in that space. Mm. every detail seems to be sort of enlarged and exaggerated and to me that was suddenly like being on a set and the people in my life suddenly felt like very bad actors waiting for their cue yeah. from yeah. me <laughs> the worst actor of them all yeah. um so it was almost like my life had started to sound and look like um, a script and mm. um, and so when I came to writing those scenes it was brilliant because I got to sort of um, I got to sort of uh, is it I, I, I kind of got to compose my own archetypes yeah um, my mother mm. is sort of an amalgamation of all the mother figures I've had my boyfriend is an amalgamation of all the romantic yeah. relationships I've had you know my yeah, agent and you call yourself actress yeah exactly <laughs> you're like an amalgamation and I'm an amalgamation of all of my yeah. experiences so it was it was about relishing taking ownership of those archetypes in a mm. way but it's it was definitely indicative of the the way I felt at that particular time makes a lot of sense and, and you've also you've done some poetry didn't you win I, I'm, I've got here you won the London Poetry Sam Championship in y 2000 youngest uh, winner ever we'll just say that <laughs> just Lena. That in there. just sliding that in um, yeah I mm. lived through a really amazing time at college um, mm. so the two years after school mm. where um, poetry and spoken word seemed to sort of just be kicking off mm. there were not the albums and the Kate Tempests and the um, yeah. press that it has now it wasn't sexy yeah. at that time but it was very real mm. and myself and the gang that I'd fallen in with you know we were super earnest 
people and we mm. wrote poems together yeah. like round at each other's houses and stuff so um and when we found that there was this this um outlet for it these slams mm. we just i mean we just ran with it yeah and um, and i remember i actually won that slam the final one the uk slam championship age yeah. i think i just turned 17 yeah. um i won it with a poem that i'd written on the back of my science folder did you bring your science folder to the slam? When I, <laughs> like, it, I had the blue, you know, that bit with the little hole punch yeah. in the side. Um, I'd written it on my science folder probably when I was about 14, which is quite <laughs> surreal. Just, that's amazing. Yeah, so that was a really proud moment because I mm. think, again, you're at such an instinctive yeah. time in your life. Where there's like less filter and less like no self-consciousness. Yeah, and we didn't yeah. have the social media. You know, yeah. I don't want to age myself massively yeah. for anyone listening thinking... <laughs> like, oh, it's before social media. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> gives you away. It's she like, from the age of <laughs> Ty- Tyrannosaurus yeah. Rexes. Yeah, um, that's so cool. But it was a completely different time. That was mm. our way of... Uh, creating status for ourselves that was our way of writing yourself into the world writing yourself in the world Mm. and meeting up Mm. we met up we said (laughs) see you somewhere at six o'clock there's a poetry slam let's Mm. get together and exchange poems and then do the thing not yeah heart eyes heart eyes heart eyes (laughs) see you at some point sorry I'm late bye can't be late at that point can you because it's like anyway yeah people will leave you yeah so that kind of like literature and and words have been around you a long time is there anybody that has particularly inspired you would you say like maybe when you're younger or now that you're like that's the writer my dad Paul Ashton is an amazing writer and he actually Mm -hmm. self-publishes a lot um because a bit like me he writes uh, quite surreal mm. <laughs> material that he himself as a very um, unassuming genius mm. would never think you know oh, I'm going to go out there and uh, I don't know or maybe he yeah. has I don't know yeah that's what my dad did to talk like, to value in that, him. in that more like eccentric stuff or the kind of stuff that isn't as commercial but yeah, yeah it's like really important he's the best writer mm. I know yeah and um has always instilled in me a real respect and um, admiration for the for the spoken word. Mm. Um, and my mother, similarly, is someone who is the absolute... I mean, she is the most amazing storyteller. Her mm. and, her, and my grandmother, actually, her mum. Yeah. So she has an extreme respect and, uh, and mm. a real groundedness in, in, in storytelling. So I think probably between the two of them. Yeah. Does she tell stories about about your family and stuff then like that kind of because then again that that's kind of like exaggerating the real using everyone's names but then like yeah. exaggerating stuff I guess kind of like the book I, it's like. like the observational thing mm. her observations are so spot on about life and um those kind those moments that you can miss if you're not looking for them um yeah. which are a lot of the time the sort of the mm. more surreal funny moments but um She's a great writer too. She's just started a yeah. short story writing course. You oh, know, yeah. they both they both have so many words inside of them and I feel very lucky that I was always encouraged to pursue acting mm. or writing or whatever art I've decided to do because they had a respect mm. for it. Yeah. They had a thought that this this is a valuable way to be. Yeah. Um, and didn't tell me to go and get a law degree or anything like that, yeah. which lots of other people do have to do and so yeah I feel very lucky 
Are there any characters that you think you're particularly drawn to? Do you ever feel like you've been typecast and like the bad side of that, I guess, but then the, the side that maybe you're like, I want to play those characters, they're the, one, they're the <laughs> ones I always like chase. I think I've, I've spent a, an entire career avoiding typecasting mm-hmm. and I have done it, when I think back now, some of the times where I really needed to work, you know, but would turn stuff down mm-hmm. because it was essentially just being part of an emerging problem that I mm. saw with um, the stereotyping that I was uh, encountering in, mm. in my industry. Um, yeah, the, it's been a really, really conscious effort to not be typecast. However, I feel like in doing that, I've ended up typecasting myself. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm going to create my own stereotype <laughs> and I'll play to it, thank you. Because yeah. I, I am very, very drawn to outsider characters Mm. I mean that's you know what does that even mean I don't know but I am drawn to characters who live slightly on the edge of society rather in the Mm. in in the center of it but then am I drawn to those characters or do I just make each character that I play have an (laughs) element of yeah of the outsider you sometimes you don't know the chicken and egg of it yeah there's lots of stuff that you maybe think's on the page but then you're creating it and it's not for the viewer, it's it's hard to we wouldn't know the difference. We wouldn't know which bit you'd invented and which bit was the writer. No, so it's kind of which is why every actor wants to play at some point a classic role, perhaps mm. one that's been done again and again and again, because mm. then you can infuse it with whatever your natural yeah way of being or your natural mm. um, identification with the truth of life mm. is and you can see clearly how different it might be to someone else's interpretation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely drawn to outsiders. Yeah. Are there any classic characters then that you'd like to play? I any, think like, Shakespearean like, ones or... I mean, not not playing Juliet is going to be my ma- most massive disappointment, especially on behalf <laughs> of my mum and dad, because that's the one role yeah. you're like, she won't be taking too many clothes off. She'll be saying Shakespeare's words and yeah, everyone will be very, very much in admiration uh, of her. I, I remember wanting to play Juliet at school and not getting cast and then like just wanting to be the nurse. I was like, I'll take the nurse. Which <laughs> is the best role. funnier role. Juliet is a... <laughs> Boring. Crap and she dies in many ways. Yeah, and she dies. I think, I think Lady Macbeth. I think is always mm. um, a role that uh, the the actresses who sort of favour the slightly more intense <laughs> side of yeah. acting <laughs> are drawn to because mm. I think she's been so misinterpreted. Yeah. In productions over the years, mm. she's always sort of painted as this um, uh, sort of. Uh, She's always painted very cynically, like she like she knows exactly what she's going to do at the start of the play. Mm. When people seem to sort of ignore the fact that the opening of Macbeth is uh, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth losing their mm. child. Yeah. Um, yeah. So perhaps they're projecting some kind of like misogynistic distrust of her. Like she had an evil plan. She had some like master Not plan. A human in play- pain. It's just but, so funny, isn't it? Yeah how yeah female roles often get that sort of treatment as we know but yeah I don't think there's any classic roles I want to play right now yeah fair fair um for anybody who'd like to do what you do is there anything like if you could go back in the time machine and tell your younger self things you wish you'd known is there anything that you'd say to them do you know one of the things that I 
hope for the book and I, I don't hope a lot for myself as an author. <laughs> I don't make I, a habit of hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't make a habit of hope when it comes to my first um, outing as a, as a book person. But I think the thing that I feel excited about is maybe young people at drama school or a little bit before or a little, you know, a little bit before that. Maybe you've got an interest in acting when you are a child or when you're a younger person might read it or might hear about it and might take some kind of comfort from um, my journey because it's um, it's not glamorous. Um, it can be glamorous, but that's not all there is to acting. Mm. Um, it certainly takes a steely sense of self. It takes backbone mm. to do. Um, as my old drama teacher, Anna Sher, who I adore and 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 actually she was someone who inspired me a lot when I was young and that's obviously where I started my career was going into one of her classes aged I think it was five and a half actually at the time I'd snuck in um <laughs> and she was my teacher and I became hooked on on acting she always used to say you, anyone can be an actor when you're in work mm. it's when you're out of work that the actor is made and yeah. I think I've always 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 stuck by that wow. it's all about the work yeah and your mental health yeah, <laughs> very important. Very important. You won't <laughs> be able to work without that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. all it is. Is yeah, hard work and looking in after your brain. Mind so much. You must be. Yeah. You're having to all, all, always splinter parts of your self, mm. and you're having to access sometimes some very uncomfortable truths in order to relate to a character, in order to do good work. Mm. So, if you're doing the work well you're probably at some point going to mentally struggle. Yeah. So So knowing that in if advance you're good, <laughs> yeah. if you're like, good and you're committed, mm-hmm. you will need to look after your brain more than the ones who probably aren't very good and aren't very committed. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for speaking to us. Thanks, Lena. And congratulations on such a wonderful book. Thank you for reading I know it. They're gonna like it. <laughs> Fingers like, crossed. You're gonna like it guys, I promise. <laughs> you're gonna love it. <laughs> you will or else. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Vintage Podcast, Character Breakdown by Zowie Ashton. Get it on your bookshelves. And if you are interested in reading the book along with other people, uh, Character Breakdown is our book club read in May. So if you want to join a secret feminist book club, um, you can add yourself to our Facebook group and read along with us. We're reading a new book every month with a classic in the hopes of intentionally reading more women in 2019. So in May, we're going to be reading Character Breakdown alongside Colette's Gigi and the Cat. Links will be in the show notes or you can go to po.st slash vintage women to find out more. Thank you so much for listening to the Vintage Podcast. Do follow us on social platforms at Vintage Books to tell us what you thought of the episode. We always love to hear that. Uh, And keep reading boldly and thinking differently. Until next time. (laughs) 